1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your favorite hour of the week. It's the Arrowhead Pride game preview show this week. It's the Steelers. They come in at 3 and 2, 3.25 p.m. Arrowhead time at Arrowhead Stadium. Pete Sweeney here with the player, Sean
2: Barber, the blog father, Joel Thorman. What's going on, boys? Hey, getting ready for 6-0 uh,
3: here. 6-0, oh, hey, second quarter of the season, we're 1-0 oh right now, 1-0. Oh. What are you, second Todd qu- Haley, second quarter of the season? Yes. What is this? Yes, back to my football player mentality, Andy Reid coached That's
1: talk. a good point, I mean, we'll get into this game in a second, but why do players have a tendency to break it up into
3: fourths like that? You can't You can't think about trying to win 12 games in a row, you can't think about a 16-game schedule, so you break it down to four individual, four-game segments, and hey, 4-0, oh, we flush it down, we Work on the second quarter. We want to know, hey, this is the second game of the second quarter.
1: You know, I know about the Chiefs' record. And I know all that, but you know how I know this game's important because Tony Romo will be on the call this weekend. He's actually been pretty
2: fun, a little bit of a different color commentator thus far this season. Yeah, he talks a lot, it seems like, especially over the play. But if he's predicting what's going to happen, I think that's that's pretty cool. So I'll take it. I'm, I'm excited to see the number one CBS broadcast team. I think it's cool now.
1: You know, just because it's new and different, him kind of guessing plays. But I I tend to think that
2: about, you know, 10 weeks from now, maybe it won't be so cool. Well, I think in about 10 years from now, when he doesn't know the players uh, and the personnel as well, he's not going to be able to do that.
1: All right. Well, let's get into the Chiefs. So what did we learn about the Chiefs against the Houston Texans? Sean, I'll start with you.
3: Well, I'm going to start with number one. We learned that Coach Sutton uh, has the ability to devise a great game plan against a mobile quarterback. Uh, we found that out in week two with, against the Eagles with uh, Carson Wentz, but uh, we kind of put the nail in the coffin when it came to the mobility of uh, Watson. Yeah. Um, secondly, we found out the Chiefs are collectively a better team than the Houston Texans in every phase, offensively, defensively, and special teams, not to mention our coach. And third, we found out that, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a second quarter season, so it's, it's a one and zero.
2: The Chiefs. I learned that uh, they have a killer instinct. They they responded. I loved when the Texans, you know, brought it back within one score. The Chiefs went right down there and scored. I think on like a you know it was like a seven or eight play drive, which was awesome. That's exactly what great teams do. Like I can remember uh, watching some Chiefs teams and you know Brady or Ben doing that to them. Uh, so it's kind of cool that they're now on the other side and they're the team that does that. I'm still getting used to the fact that we're
1: considering Alex Smith in the realm of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Like And then Ben Roethlisberger, who's comes in this weekend. It's kind of weird, but I mean, you look at the numbers and even you look at the tape
2: this year, I mean, it's true. Yeah, and Alex just hasn't had, you know, obviously the Super Bowls. He's won a lot of regular season games. The stats haven't been there like the other quarterbacks, but, you know, if, if he can just make some noise in the playoffs, you know, I think that's going to change, like, how you view Alex historically. Yeah, the
3: have been, they've been very consistent. Like, if you look at their drives, you look at the play calls, you look at the execution. You know, we, we still do a little bit too much of the penalties, but each week we get the same Chiefs. It's not an up and down roller coaster like we see with some other teams in the league uh, right now. You're not getting that, that roller coaster. Field. You're getting a consistent level of playing at a very high level. You can make the case that they're the only positive
1: consistent team in the league. The negative one being the New York Giants at 0-5 at just a train wreck uh, season for them right now. But as far as just positive consistency. I mean, you can't name a better team right now. I mean, that's why they're 5-0. and So let's get into the news of this week. I think the biggest news headed into this week from last week is the fact that Chris Conley is officially out for the season with a ruptured Achilles. And the Chiefs made a little roster move yesterday. They brought Amba Etatawa to the Chiefs, former Syracuse guy. I, listen, I'm a Syracuse fan. I was a little juiced about this. You know, no pun intended. They are the orange, of course. But (laughs) the the pun was intended there. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm telling you, and I understand Syracuse isn't an SEC football program, but watching this guy, he was the most exciting player the Syracuse Orange have had in years. There's been a problem with his hands a little bit. I know there were some red flags as far as character stuff, but I just think with the right coaching, he's only on the practice squad. This could be a guy that's elevated. Of course, for Conley, I don't see him getting elevated anytime soon. So you look at Marcus Kemp and Garrett Dieter. Our move remains
2: to be seen. What are you guys' feelings on that? I I mean, it's I liked Kemp a lot in the preseason, big athletic guy. Um, you know, Garrick Dieter uh, was at that fashion show, the Chiefs' fashion show you went to earlier this week. So my conspiracy electric, theory an electric is that, that my my theory is that uh, he was there because uh, he's been brought up um, as a starter. But we'll 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 find out um, sometime this week. Going to a fashion show, I mean that's a big league move. I don't know if you go to the fashion show if you're on the practice squad. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, uh, Dieter. To me, that last preseason game, I kind of downgraded him. I thought that you know it was a couple of drops on some big plays. So you're a Kemp guy. I'm a Kemp guy. I think Kemp answers special teams he's able yeah. to uh just fill in at a, at a receiver and, and run crisp routes good hands uh like you said a very big body can can go down there and do some coverage things like that so all around i would be uh I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy who gets bumped up
1: could be by the time you hear this podcast move has already been made so check ourheadpride.com for official word on that now the injury watch an alarming amount of injuries on the list on wednesday ldt With a knee, he's likely out. Mitch Moore's with the foot likely out. Those two don't worry me as much just because I think the offensive linemen that have come in have done a nice job. Justin Houston, calf injury should be okay. And then you have Travis Kelsey and Steve Terrell with concussions. You never know about them. And Albert Wilson has a knee issue right now, really unknown. I didn't get a good feeling from Andy Reid's comments yesterday that he'd be active on Sunday, which, you know, you're down Conley and
2: perhaps down Wilson Kind of troubling, no? Wilson's kind of, uh, you know, before the season, I'm sure plenty of people weren't that high on him, but he's had a pretty good season so far. So that would be a loss if you're already missing a couple of guys. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wrote Albert
1: Wilson off. I, I used to be a big Wilson guy, and, you know, what I saw last year in training camp, I just was like, I don't think this guy has it. You know, like that it factor, but then in the
2: regular season this year, complete opposite. And he's actually been converting on, you know, it feels like a lot of his catches are like on third downs. I'd have to go look at the numbers, but um, yeah, he's been, he's been pretty reliable so far this year.
3: Yeah. I think Wilson has definitely um, been a gamer. He's been a guy who did he didn't surprise us and didn't um, didn't didn't stand out and highlight as much as he did a year ago in the preseason and during the year, but uh, this, this preseason, he kind of knew his role and he kind of settled into it. And then when it ta- came week one, he just kind of showcased, he plays, he plays very consistent, plays hard, uh, made some great plays to get us out of some third downs and kept the chains moving. Um, I think we might've lost the game actually without that. If that interception would have happened in that one game.
1: No, no doubt. And, and I think and we'll get into more of the X's and O's a little bit later, but Demarcus Robinson fills in for Conley. And if Wilson can't go, this is a huge opportunity for J.U. Chesson more on that a little bit later. Let's get into now the game storylines. Everyone this week talking about big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, five interceptions, in the Jags game afterwards, he's saying to the media, maybe I don't have it anymore. This week, he had a little bit different tune to how he was feeling about the situation. You
2: said you woke
4: up th- you know, this week confident. What brought you to that point? To be confident? Um, two Super Bowls, <laughs> 100 and some wins, 300 and some, I don't even know my stats, but doing this, um, playing this game longer than you've probably been covering it. Sing.
2: Ben always Ben invites Sing, the, the most drama out of any quarterback you know he's giving the press like a hard time about talking about retirement this week I'm like you came out and said maybe I don't have it anymore and whether or not he was joking I don't know but Ben is definitely turning into Favre where it's always going to be a ton of drama and he's going to talk about retirement every year Joel I gotta tell you it gets worse
4: Two weeks ago it was the anthem. Last week it was AB stuff. Today it's this week it's kind of your, your little your post game stuff. You, ready to just talk about football? I mean, yeah. Would you guys ask me about football? <laughs> it's on you guys, isn't it? Well, some, we didn't make AB throw cooler, and we didn't sit. But you asked the questions. Well, that's that's part of our job. I mean, is, is there any worry? How do you block that stuff out? Because I mean, we you so Stop having good. interviews like this. You'd miss us, though, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this is the fun part of my week.
1: Sean is is facing the media after a tough loss the worst thing in the world.
3: Um it's almost. I mean it's 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 tough because everybody you saw the game, right? I mean what what do you want the guy to say after five interceptions? What what, what it's it's he's down, he's hurt. He's, I think he's I would have said something similar. I would have said I
1: suck, but then I don't think I would be a jerk on Tuesday when people are asking you about it on Monday, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I mean you just it's a pride thing. You know, he has, he has a lot of pride. He's played at a high level. He's a quarter, you know, super winning quarterback. He's played, a, you know, a veteran guy. So some of the questions probably seem a little bit like elementary to him. It's like, listen, you already know the answer. Let's let's get to something real
1: here. Eventually, he would come around in the comments, and here's what he had to say about his postgame comments from Sunday.
4: It's after game, you let, you know, that, to me, that's the hardest thing about having a bad game is letting the fans down, letting my teammates down. You know that, that's what bothers me the most. It's hard to do that. It's frustrating, you know. And, and like I said, that bothers me way more than my own uh, pride and things. It's just letting other other people down, especially my teammates. So that's what bothers me the most.
2: So that's kind of nice, too. So he doesn't care about his pride after he just recited his resume, <laughs>
3: <laughs> right? He's <laughs> going back and forth a little bit. Yeah, it, I think we got a little Jekyll Hyde kind of a scenario going with, this mean, with Ben Roethlisberger.
1: You, you can't argue that. If you're a member of the Chiefs or you're a fan of the Chiefs, you you like the way this is going, right? Because, I mean, obviously, a lot of different responses to what happened on Sunday. You make the case that he's at least a little heady coming into this game. There's obviously something going on with
2: them, a little bit. And it, I'm not sure whether I feel good or bad about that, because I think sometimes with these elite quarterbacks, you piss them off and get them in the wrong, you know, in the wrong mood. Um, they come out and play much better. So I don't know how I how, how, how I feel about that. Big
3: Ben, he, he's a bear. And they say, don't poke the bear. Right. If a bear is hibernating with sleep, if he's having bad games, if he's, if he's having this heckling jack, uh, heckling, uh, Jekyll and uh, Hyde, Jacqueline Hyde there scenario go. <laughs> going on where he's you know, on off on off just hey let him let him ha- let him keep having these uh these episodes and let's not poke them Mike Tomlin coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers he ain't
1: worried about anything
4: let me say this about Ben Ben is a big-time competitor emotional guy that's seen a lot in this business he's not afraid to tell you guys the truth in terms of how he's feeling at particular moments sometimes that might be things that they might be somewhat alarming to you guys. There's a lot of emotions at play when these guys pour themselves into competition. So he might say something after the game that, you know, that might allow you to run and, you know, overreact to it. The, the bottom line is that I've known Ben. I know Ben. I've known Ben 11 years. I know the competitor he is. I know his level of confidence. Uh, what he says after a five interception performance, moments after a five interception performance, probably is not reflective of who he is and how he feels. Wasn't reflective of who he is and how he felt when he walked in here yesterday. He looked like a guy that's ready to gunsling and get back at it. Um, That's more in line with the guy that I know and what I anticipate from him. And that's why I take some of those comments with a grain of salt, and I don't react the way that some of you guys react when you hear comments. Last year, after a very disappointing playoff exit, he talked about retirement. You guys ran to the moon and back with that. Here we sit today, and he's our quarterback. So, uh, you know, write what you will.
1: See, Ben. <laughs> I love, I love of, Mike Tomlin. Ben's the type of guy, and, and you hear those back and forth comments, it makes you feel good about the Chiefs' chances. Then Mike Tomlin gets on the mic, and you're like, oh
2: man, that, maybe that's not so good for the Chiefs. You know? <laughs> I, I love listening to that guy talk. He's, he's just got the right attitude. I like him.
3: Quick Tomlin story Women Married 1993. Coach Tomlin is number one wide receiver for the Women Mary tribe. The, the strong safety is a freshman, Coach Sean McDermott. I'm at University of Richmond my freshman year playing defensive back. I get to go against them suckers.
2: Sean McDermott, the, Sean McDermott. Uh, yeah, the Bill's head coach. couple name drops yeah, on be, the Arrowhead Pride me. podcast. A, a GM and a head coach and some guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that is just
1: a Pittsburgh Steelers storyline this week. But if you look at the bigger picture of the Kansas City Chiefs, the last team they lost to was the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs at Arrowhead Stadium, exactly where they'll be Sunday, 18-16. So I think the question is, is this a revenge game? And Chris Jones at, at that at that lovely fashion show said it was. And I think you know the fact that they beat them on their field is on their mind. Is this a, an, an agenda? Is this a storyline
2: for the Chiefs? I think it is for a few reasons. Obviously the playoff game that's a huge part of it. Uh, week four last year the Steelers embarrassed the Chiefs and they don't get you know beat down like that very often under Andy Reid. Um, so those two games I'm sure the Chiefs definitely remember. And then you know just looking at at, at the the hierarchy of the AFC. It's, you know, they talk about the like Patriots, Steelers and Chiefs as being the best team. So um, this is, you know, a chance for the Chiefs to once again uh, assert themselves as the best team in the AFC. They beat the Patriots already. Um, Not that there's any question that they're the best team in the AFC now, but it's another big game. Sean, as much as players will say this week, it's just another game. I'm sure you've been in a situation where there's a little
1: bit of a revenge aspect to it. If you're a player in the situation, what are you thinking?
3: Well, I think they, they remember. They, they want to go back and say, "Hey, we were as good as the Pittsburgh Steelers. We deserve to be in the AFC Championship game a year ago." You know, you give up six field goals and you lose. You lose it to a team that didn't even get into the end zone defensively. You feel like that that was good enough to win the game. It's a ghost flag. You wish that referee just keeps flag in his pocket. It, it wasn't a call that needed to be made. You can make that call on you know, half the plays. Half the passing plays that they, they go on in the game, you can make that call. It's, it's holding. so you would just hope the referee just at that point of the game just let the play go, let's handle it in the overtime. And so, I think it's a lot of those ghosts that uh still kind of uh you know, uh, the players the play remember it and goes to playoff past it, it is. And they would like to uh you know, let's let's call the ghost busters and get rid of those. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I'm fired up because I think both teams have a little bit
1: uh extra in this game, Steelers really embarrassed last week all anyone was really talking about it was the five picks and how mm-hmm. you know the jags can beat them are they really a threat in the afc so you know they're going to be fired up for this game and i think there is that revenge aspect at least a little bit for the kansas city chiefs so you have these two battering rams and they're coming at each other at red stadium yeah if uh, blake
2: Bortles can beat the sealers Man, Alex Smith. If they can
1: do it, anybody can. A little unfinished business, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, there you go. We got game storylines coming at you this Sunday, 325 p.m. When we come back, we'll talk about the X's and the O's of this game. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. We're talking this Sunday's game, a little revenge matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming in at 325 p.m. Arrowhead Stadium, Sean Barber and Joel Thorman, and we're talking about it. Sean, I'll start with you. What is the biggest obstacle you're looking at in this Steelers defense?
3: Well, the Steelers defense is a hard-hitting defense. Uh, The one guy that you have to really find on every play is Shazier. uh, That guy is, he plays a linebacker position kind of like a throwback player. He's a hard-hitting, uh, has a nose for the ball, create fumbles. If you're not down, you better really focus on ball security. He's always ball hawking. And for him to be so active at the linebacker position, I think that's the guy that we really have to focus and key on.
1: Yeah, Andy Reid actually had some good comments about Ryan Shazier this week.
3: I appreciate getting to know the kid um, over at the Pro
2: Bowl. He's a he's a good good kid, too, and, and a heck of a football player. He's not a real big guy, but he plays so physical and he's so fast. Um, he's got a great field, And They just kind of cut him loose, almost like they do with Troy Polamalu, just at, at the level two instead of the, the back end. They just they let him do some things that uh, have a little freedom there to move and roam and read the quarterback, and, and he does it very well. So he's a he's a heck of a football player, good person
1: too. So Ryan Shazier is certainly somebody to watch, and really, I think in this game the. The team of the front seven continues. You have the linebackers, TJ Watt, Anthony Chiquillo, Cam Hayward, all have three sacks apiece, and the team is actually tied for third in the league
2: in sacks with 17. So another challenge for the offensive line. Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sure what to make of the Steelers' defense. They're ranked number one in pass defense, but the best quarterback they've played is... Like Sam Bradford, maybe, and they're you know statistically not very good against the run, but they've had two really bad days and three really good days against the run. So I'm I'm not sure what to get out of them, uh, and I'm not sure how much uh, last year how how useful that is, just because the Chiefs' offense seems so much different than last year.
1: How do we feel with Cam Irving at right guard, knowing that LDT probably won't be there once again?
2: Not, not in love with it. Um, (laughs) you know, I noticed him standing around a lot. Um, you know, he. I. I think he's got a little bit to go. Uh, as long as they, you know, he can be competent in there. Um, you know, I think they can be okay for a couple weeks until LDT gets back. So it's it's a it's a short term thing. So they can survive that. I think it's a temporary replacement. We liked what he did against Texas, though, right, John?
3: But like you said, he didn't have to go against JJ Watt. This <laughs> he's gonna have to go against JJ Watt's brother this time. So TJ Watt, he's had an awesome start to the season. I mean, as far as rookies are concerned, he might be one of the top three candidates. As far as defensive rookie of the um, of the year right now, so um, I see that could be trouble that could be trouble having uh, t j come off that corner moving back. What do we like in the secondary it 's one man back there it's, it''s the guy they made they made a move uh to really increase their uh their their veteranship and their their ex- experience in the secondary um, able to get joe hayden um, he 's a timeless wonder he 's playing at a very high level he 's always played at a high level he found a home outside of Cleveland went across the state found a- him <laughs> Went to Pittsburgh, and uh, he's found to uh, be part of, a, uh, I think, a top-10 secondary.
2: Now that there's no Conley, you'd expect that to impact Tyreek Hill the most, I would think, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, I still think the loss of Conley, it's not ideal, but I don't know how much that's going to affect the rest of the offense just because he's probably your, your fourth option. Like, I still think your bread-and-butter Tyreek, Kelsey, Kareem, that's that's still what this is all about. Well, speaking of the Chiefs offense, here are Mike Tomlin's words on that unit.
4: Their turnover... Ratio is really impressive, but it's going to be really impressive because they've only turned the ball over one time in five games. Shoot, man, we probably turned the ball over three or four times in a quarter last week. These guys have turned the ball over one time on the season. Smith has zero interceptions. He's got a 125 or so quarterback rating. You take care of the ball. Uh, you play great special teams in defense, man. You got a real chance of being five and zero. That's why they are. Uh, we respect it. We don't fear it. We got some work ahead of us.
1: Quick note. I mean, I love Andy Reid, but you got to feel jacked up when you walk into a Mike Tomlin press conference every week. I feel like I'd be excited every week. Yeah, no, that's that's what I said earlier. I, I could listen to this guy all day long. He's fun. Getting more into Conley against this Pittsburgh defense. Demarcus Robinson he had a pretty good Camp I, I think we heard more About him probably prior to camp Than actually in camp but here he has This golden opportunity and sometimes that's how Your chance comes in the NFL I think that's how Spencer Ware and Sharkhandrick West got Their opportunities so Robinson Kind of steps in this week here Were Andy Reid's words on Demarcus Robinson
2: yeah, I, I think he, he's comfortable With Demarcus they, they work together we, we work Demarcus in with the ones at Training camp they know each Other you know, Chessham the same thing. I mean, he, he got a little bit of work in there with uh, the first group during camp. Not as much as what DeMarcus did, but it's still, he got enough in there, too. So, you know, we got a
4: good... We, it's a good group right there.
1: Reed feels Smith has trust in D-Rob. How does Smith feel?
2: Really good about D-Rob. You know, obviously bummed for uh, Chris, but it's an opportunity for uh, DeMarcus. I think he's ready. You know, I think he's. Uh, you know, he's been sitting, he's watching, he's grown a lot. He's got a ton of ability. Uh, so excited for, for him to get in and get an opportunity.
3: The one thing you're going to realize about D Rob is the camaraderie between him and Terry Kill is amazing.
1: Yeah. It, it they're friends.
3: I mean, it, it goes through every play. It goes through the pregame warm-up. It's on the sideline. They're in each other's ear. They're, see, you know, hey, what did you see on that coverage? Da, da, da. When they run complimentary routes, uh, they, I mean, they, they're happy about everything they can do together. So. Had so, him Rob on the field, I think is a plus.
1: I know, I know they're probably the best of friends off the field, but it's interesting that you say you see that rapport still on the field.
3: Oh, I mean, from from the time they touch that field to warm up, they are inseparable. And just to see that the the amount of information that can get passed from receiver to receiver, it pays off on the field to know how guys playing you. Certain leverages, certain cornerbacks are playing uh, too much cushion here. You can run past him. He's uh, th- uh, this corner is up too too tight. Let's get him on double move. You don't want to wait. For uh, the the guy that coaches up in the box to see it, you like the players on the field to talk about it, knowing they can attack somebody, know the weaknesses, and then let the quarterback know, hey. On this call, I'm open. Hit me. Joel, you ready for some D-Rob in your life?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see more of him. Uh, he certainly looks the part. Big, strong guy. Looks good running. You know, we've only seen some flashes of him. Played a handful of snaps here and there. And, you know, I know in the preseason, they went deep to him a few times. So I want to see how he actually works into the regular offense, you know, uh, assuming he's, you know, somewhat full-time there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to see what he can do in really – I don't know if you'd call it a primary role, but really important secondary role. And I think that'll be good for him in his first taste of the NFL. He's not coming in a situation where he's going to
2: be, you know, a featured part of the offense. But like, let's see what he can do. And I think this is the perfect time to do it. And Conley used to play just about every snap. So if he's truly replacing Conley, he's going to be out there all the time. Right, right. I want to move on to Travis Kelsey.
1: I talked about it on previous podcasts. Concussions are so confusing as to how long it's going to take you to get ready because everyone's body is different. So Travis Kelsey could reasonably miss this Sunday if he does. How do we feel about Demetrius football? You know how I feel about it. And Ross Travis.
2: <laughs> I, I I like uh, Demetrius football as a complimentary guy, as a secondary tight end. Uh, not a big fan of him, uh, you know, as, as kind of the primary tight end. I guess that's more just because Kelsey's so good that I'm thinking you have to replace Kelsey, um, and that's impossible at this
3: point. So that would be a huge loss if Kelsey couldn't go. It'd be a yeah. big problem, I think. Yeah, neither one of them are going to get the respect from the safety. So you're not going to get safeties worrying about Ross Traves. You're going to get a safety worrying about D. Harris. So it's going to make it a little bit tougher for Hill to get open. He's going to have safeties with eye on him. Hunt might have a little bit problems finding seams and openings because safeties aren't going to be worried about remaining um, in the right position to cover Harris. Now I got got a question. If
2: Kelsey can't go, is this an undefeated streak ruining problem? I think Kelsey not playing very well could be the reason they lose. Um, you know, I, th- I think he's uh, one of the th- you know two or three most important players on the offense, and I think the Steelers are going to be able to put some points up on the Chiefs. So I think they're going to need to score plenty. So yeah, I think that would be a-, a big problem.
3: The only problem I have is from a game planning. When you when you set up a game plan and you know how the Pittsburgh Steelers defense reacts to when Kelsey's on the field, we can see last game, the last two times we played, when he's on the field, you can see where the safeties tilt to. You can see that when you when we don't know how they're going to react. Without him being there, so it's kind of an unknown, and it's hard to game plan misdirection when you don't know how the defense is going to react. So it's kind of it's it's kind of a handicap almost to to Andy Reid, which to me one of his greatest coaching attributes is the way he can game plan With the chess pieces. Yeah, he knows where you're going to be at, and he knows how to attack it.
1: Yeah, in a similar mood on how I feel with Demarcus Robinson, I'm interested in seeing what Demetrius could do. Do I want to see it? Am I longing to see it? Probably not not as much as a Demarcus, because I think it could be a real problem for the Chiefs. But if if it comes to pass that Kelsey can't go, let's see what Demetrius can do really in a big spot. I want to move on to someone that could solve all these problems, and that, of course, is Alex Smith. And here I am. I'm just a guy. you know. And, and week two, I, I, I sort of see... Something different in Alex Smith. And, and of course, what do I nickname him? The new Alex Smith. And everyone's saying, oh, we've, we've, we've seen this story before, Alex 2.0. And I said, no, this is a different nickname. This is the new Alex Smith, new attitude, effort, throwing down the field. And Sunday night football
2: comes. And what do I hear in the broadcast? Cole stands, and on a
4: third and a million, they convert again. Nine, nine of 13 conversions on third down tonight, most of them medium a long distance.
0: And another deep one from Alex Smith. The new Alex Smith. The new one. 2.0. <laughs>
2: 2.0 too. Our head Pride is just finding their way to Sunday Night Football. Joe, I know you got to like that. Oh yeah, no, I noticed it. I noticed it right away. Those are our last two nicknames for Alex. The new Alex and Alex 2.0 and they made him back-to-back uh, comments on Sunday Night Football.
1: No credit. No no HT as you would do on Twitter, which I don't love. Uh, Chris, because I know you're watching, but I I will say nice that Alex Smith is getting the national buzz. I I mean, and this week he was asked to talk about it. And in typical Alex Smith fashion, he's like, you know, I got this week because just as he heard the criticism in the past, just as fast that could restart again if he loses sight of what really matters.
3: Yeah. And I mean, and we we always want to put quotations about the new Alex Smith, like uh, it's new and improved. It's just he, he's kind of, what, what Andy Reid says, he's just being Alex. It's, 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 he's doing the same things, his preparation, his his attention to detail, the things he's been doing since Andy Reid's been in Kansas City, That's why it is like, I, I almost don't know what y'all talking about when y'all talk about the new Alex Smith, because he's the same guy, the same leadership qu- qualities. Uh, the same ability to create first downs with your feet.
1: I only argue with you in the, in the sense that it just feels like he's taking more chances this year. I, I just don't, I, I feel like there's a little bit extra, and I think it's Mahomes. And I know that that's more of an off-the-field story, but he just seems different this year. I, I can't exactly put my finger on it. I mentioned the it factor before, but I don't know. I see plays that he, in my first four years in Kansas City, I just hadn't
3: seen. And I think Andy would say, that you know, if you go back and do some self-analysis and do some um, self, self-scouting, self there are probably a lot of plays that were left on the field. Sure. Where you, you design a play, design a route to come open, and it gets left on the field. And you don't, you don't throw your player under the bus. You don't say, hey, you know, we, had, we drew it up. It's just the quarterback didn't release the ball. And the one thing that's different, Andy probably could admit it if he – the one thing Alex is doing the different is at the end of the day, he's releasing the ball. He's he's, he's a, I think he's number one, as far as quarterbacks, as far as attacking downfield. I think I saw one of that on SP, SFF PFF with all those standards and, and, and data and stuff. I'm getting, I'm not a geeky you guy. you think it's the summer. SPF, yeah. I like SPF. to watch film. I like to <laughs> watch film. I, I
1: typically go with SPF 30. I like to get a little color in the summer and we are now in the, in the winter, but Sean last word chiefs offense versus Pittsburgh defense. What are you feeling about it?
3: Like I said, man, Shazier is the guy, man. We're going to we're gonna have to put a highlight around him, uh, make sure that we, you know, single, double, do whatever. We got to know where he's at. He creates, tough, you know, gets his hand on the ball. Uh, he's a hard-hitting guy. Now, the one guy we, we, we need to make sure, besides J.J. Watt's little brother, and that's right, you're J.J. Watt's little brother, T.J., um, is it, the safety position. Uh, you know, 23 Mitchell, I mean, he's a hard-hitting safety. He plays with a lot of aggression, a lot of, like, attitude. Um, he's kind of a throwback. And, um, I know we, uh, Joe Hayden is the corner. He's going to try to lock down Hill, but, uh, Mitchell's a guy, I man. He's been playing at a high level, man. All right, let's flip
1: the switch now. we got the Chiefs' defense versus the Pittsburgh offense. Pittsburgh offense is ranked number four, whereas the Chiefs' defense is ranked number 27 yards per game. That was a little surprising to me when I first saw it and I checked the statistical ranks. The Chiefs' defense is just so low when it comes to yards. I think that maybe those Watson garbage yards had, had a little bit to do with that. But still, I mean, that's pretty low down in the rankings. Here's Mike Tomlin on facing the Chiefs' defense.
4: On defense, uh, they're playing ball in a similar way that they've played ball in the past. Houston is still very dynamic. He's a five-and-a-half sack guy, uh, providing a wave that others are riding. Uh, you got to acknowledge Jones is a very talented, emerging young player. Uh, you saw it on last year's tape, particularly at the end of the year last year. He's picked up where he's left off. I think he's got three-and-a-half sacks. He's, he's dynamic. He's a difficult guy for interior people to block. Uh, he's ball-aware. He's disruptive if he gets after your quarterback. Uh, he's difficult to block in the run game. Derek Johnson is back, man. He's an all situation, sideline sideline-to-sideline uh, linebacker. He's good versus the run. He's good versus the pass. They utilize him in the rush as well. Multiple-time pro bowler. He is who he is. We got to deal with, with and combat him. Be interesting to see if D. Ford is, is available to him. He's a dynamic edge rusher, high-round high draft pick out of Auburn a couple years ago. I know he's missed the last couple of games, but he's a guy that you got to reckon with. If he's available, I'll be interested to watch his development. Uh, In terms of participation as the week unfolds and they got ball hawking guys in the secondary. And when you got the the offense that's that's producing the way it's producing, uh, you're playing into the hands of guys like Marcus Peters, who are extremely ball aware and got great ball skills and provide a lot of splash for them. Uh, They've had that splash. Sean,
1: you predict a little bit of a bounce back for your boy, Marcus Peters?
3: Yeah, man, I'm hoping, um, like I said, when you watch the film, it's just, you know, it's too many plays of just taking plays off of me. It's more of a, it's just not that consistent, um, that, that consistent as being in the right place, the right leverage, uh, being in a position to make plays on your man. It's just, it's just kind of a too much, too much cheating going on, cheating zone, cheating man coverage. He's, he's uber talented. His skill level is, is off the chart. It's just now, it's just refocusing back on football. And I say the same thing about Chris Jones. Uh, there are plays where he's arguing with the ref about a call mid mid play <laughs> and, and it ends up being a, you know, like a 40 yard pass downfield. And so that, I mean, that kind of stuff is just, that's not, that, that's not great defense. Great defense is hawking the ball, pursuing the ball, uh, running like the grounds on fire and, and, and just playing team football. And I think that they just, as a, de- as a defensive unit, just get back to that, get back to the basics. Joel, Mike Tomlin
1: mentioned the potential return of D Ford missing the last two games with that back injury. He had a full practice on Wednesday, so you kind of get the feeling that maybe everything's good. Impact of D Ford's return.
2: Yeah, Zombo has been replacing him, uh, not as, as well at rushing the passer. He was a pretty good run defender, so I think you're going to see that flip with D Ford. You know, it it feels like in the you know three three years that or four years now that Houston and Ford have been together that they played like a handful of games actually together. So on paper, I think that's a, a big boost getting some actual pass rush from the other side. So you know, against Ben, who's not going to get out of the pocket and go running around, um, you know, I think that could be significant. Yeah, could get that pressure on Ben in a passing game we're going to talk about in a second. But I do want to mention the
1: rushing game. The first of two Chiefs killers for the Steelers is Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, 35 for 144 yards and two touchdowns against Baltimore. But against Jacksonville, he only had 15 carries for 47 yards. Wasn't happy about it this week.
4: Looks like you guys have turned the corner of the running game in Baltimore. So let, let, let step back there with the, what do you think happened? Um, I don't think we got enough attempts. You, you
2: said in revealing you're a guy that likes the more, you get both, the more you get the ball, the more effective you are. I
4: mean, is there any explanation given to you as why you guys kind of got away from it? No, nah, I, I didn't get any explanation. I just got that play. played. Was the idea going in to run the ball? Um, no.
2: Sean, give the guy the rock. This is a weird week for Pittsburgh.
3: Man,
4: what
2: That's mean, what I would,
1: I've been trying to make the point of that. I watched all the press conferences yesterday, and I got to say it seems like – They just are a little disturbed, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing for the Chiefs.
2: You get beat by Jacksonville like that. I'm sure that's going to—
1: like you don't want to come out and lay two eggs in a row, because if you do, then you're starting to get in the same breath of a team like the Browns. But you forget, Pittsburgh's still in first place, because their division's not that great. Three and two, that's a pretty good record. It's just they're coming off such a bad loss. Yeah,
3: I think if you look at Thomas' record, I mean, it's not many games, not many back-to-back losses— And I think that's the one key factor when you talk about really great teams that played lights out football for long periods of times. It's just how do you react to a loss? And I think over his career, I mean, he's probably one of the leaders as far as coaches, as far as not, you know, not having that back to back loss. Yeah. Getting back to Bell. I think the biggest
1: thing that jumps out to me when you think of Le'Veon Bell is the patience and to find the holes. And when you're on the field. Sean, how do you stop a guy like that? Well,
3: it tests it tests your your uh, it tests your you know your your run gap responsibility because as a defense, uh, everybody's responsible for a certain gap. And as a linebacker, you come down, and hit your gap. Now you want to be able to pursue to the ball. Well, you can't really pursue the way you can on most runners because he's so patient. He'll take three, four, five different steps, waiting for you to vacate a hole so that he can explode through it and, and exploit that. That missing gap so you just got to be very very conscious of what's your gap everybody stays in their gap you play together as a defensive front and linebackers and you can keep them back to one of those those uh stat days like yeah with jacksonville the five 15 attempts with at 47 now getting back to that last thing with this being the case is
2: zombo a better option than d ford I almost wonder that. Um, I was thinking about that earlier. I'd, I'd say probably not because, uh, I mean, it's it's a great question. I'd I'd, I'd probably lean towards D4 because I think his pass rush ability kind of outweighs what Zombo brings. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them you know subbing in, especially with D4 having missed almost a month already. One thing you've seen with Bob Sutton and Andy Reid is if they have the option to
1: keep these defensive guys fresh, they do it. I think they really do like the rotation, especially along uh, the defensive line. So maybe you see that.
3: Yeah, I think. I think if you look at the offensive personnel for the Steelers, AB gonna get his. I mean, he, he's the he's the consistent. He get he's gonna get his every week. It's the it's the, if you if you want to defensively make a priority to stop Bell, you can. So I think that's where we should put our we put we should put our uh you know put all our eggs in the basket of stopping Bell. Let's let's let let's keep him quiet. That
1: Patriots mentality of stopping their best player.
3: Yeah, and I think that's that's where you win and lose the game. If they can get both of them off, then usually Pittsburgh is a really good game. But if you can just quiet Bell, keep him at a at a you know low production rate of you know only 15 carries 15 attempts if you can keep him down then you have a really ch- good chance of beating these uh, Steelers
2: I mean I'm not sure that the Chiefs run defense can do that I th- I think they would need other factors like jumping out to a big lead or something like that playing a role I just since last season I haven't been that confident in the run defense I think DJ's you know showing his age a little bit bit. Um, and, you know, Eric Berry's not there. Like there are reasons why the, you know, the run defense is struggling. And I, I don't see that getting fixed overnight. So if the Steelers were smart, Bell has 30 carries. I think it's going to be a game. We'll get in predictions a little bit later, but I think it's going to be a game where it's going
1: to be kind of high scoring. There's going to be a lot of yardage and can the chiefs outlast and the offense kind of match what Pittsburgh's going to be able to do. And I mean, you look around, it's starting to be fall weather, Got that Halloween season. Maybe pop in Freddy versus Jason. But you know what's scarier than that? Antonio Brown versus Terrence Mitchell. That is a scarier movie
2: (laughs) for Halloween than anything else. And even Antonio Brown against Marcus Peters. I mean, Peters kind of struggles against guys like that, too. Yeah, I, I, we we were talking before this even started that we we're just all pretty much resigned to the fact that AB is going to have eight for 140. Um, you know, I think he's he pretty much always does that against the Chiefs, so I've just kind of accepted that.
1: Yeah, I got to think, and like I kind of in a similar sense to Bell, I think both of these guys are going to have good games. It's can the Chiefs' offense manage it?
3: Yeah, we want to keep Eli Rogers. You know, keep him off the off the off the radar. Martavius Bryant, he's one of those guys who has great upside, great potential. He could have a breakout game if you don't you know, pay attention to him. And that's, that's what we worry about. We worry about when Peters is on, he's not on A-B. He doesn't have to focus in. He feels like this is not. Because Martavis Bryant is good
1: too. Like he could go off. If Antonio Brown wasn't on this team, I think a lot more people would talk about Bryant.
3: Bryant could be a number one in many, you know, he's kind of like the Snoo um, Julio Jones scenario, right? Like Snoo could actually be a number one in a lot of places, but he plays with Julio. Martavis Bryant could be a number one in a lot of places. It's just he played with Antonio Brown. Yeah. So. But you mentioned that third
1: guy, Eli Rogers. It's a very underrated storyline in Kansas City. I don't think a lot of Kansas Cityans even know about this. But Eli Rogers, wide out for the Steelers, he muffed a punt in the Chicago Bears lost three weeks ago and hasn't played since. But word is he'll finally return to the lineup Sunday after being in Mike Tomlin's doghouse. Apparently there's more to this story than has really reached the public. But I don't know. This is a guy who... You should kind of keep an eye on because, A, he's fresh, and, B, he's obviously going to be itching to play. Here is Big Ben on the return of Eli Rogers.
4: He's an inside slot guy that, that really knows how to get open and man really quick. You know, a guy that, that takes pride in his work. You know, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and, you know, if he does, he grows from it. So just excited for him to get the opportunity again.
1: Sean, you said Chiefs got to keep an eye on this guy, keep him off, off the field, off the stat sheet. How do you do that?
3: Man, number 23, Philip Gaines, dog. That's going to be your guy. Gaines going to have to step up. No more penalties, no more. Um, speaking no more. Of, speaking <laughs> of Halloween
1: season.
3: <sighs> Come on, Gaines. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is the game I need for him to show up and be a pro. I need, him, I need to see Gaines at his best against Eli, a guy who's not even on the radar right now. Let's keep him off the radar. Keep Rodgers off the stat sheet.
1: Make Eli look like the other Eli.
3: Yeah,
1: Eli <laughs> you know Manning, the worst quarterback in the league. Third in yards last season, so that's just another player to watch. Final word on this matchup, Sean.
3: Man, it's gonna come down to my man Reggie Ragland. If uh, he's in there instead of uh, instead of Wilson, if, if it when it comes to the run downs and base coverage, we're gonna need him to play the run. Uh, Dirty Dan, if it's third down, uh, second down, and long, and they go to the run, uh, triple safety uh, package. We need Dirty Dan to be in the box, be stout against the run. I mean, then when it comes to passing, if, if, if Eli Rogers is in there and he's the uh, slot guy, we need Phillip Gaines to stand up. He needs to stand up and be heard. We need to see the real Phillip Gaines stand up
1: couple updates as we're on this podcast. Justin Houston, Chris Conley, and LDT, and Steve Terrell won't practice on Thursday. Travis Kelsey's entered the next stage of the concussion protocol. Mitch Morse and Albert Wilson will practice today. So maybe, and, and today being Thursday, if you're listening to this recording late, so maybe some promising things that we've already discussed change a little bit here. Any, any rapid reactions to that news for you guys?
2: If Houston doesn't play... Chiefs aren't winning. I'll say that.
3: <laughs> how, many, how many stages? He's such is a there, beast against the run, too. How many yeah. stages is he to the protocol? Does know how many stages? Like you go to the next stage. Is it that's like two out of ten? Andy Reid.
2: Andy Reed said earlier this week. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but he said he's doing he's doing really well. So I don't know if he was just trying to assure fans that you know, big picture, he's okay, or if that was his hint, like you know, he, he should make it out of here.
1: I mean, I saw him at the fashion show the other night, was taking a lot of pictures with the cell phone, looked to be pretty happy. I mean, I don't know how happy you can be with a concussion. I feel like I'd be, like, if I was feeling the symptoms of a concussion, I wouldn't be able to go to the fashion show. But the thing thing about concussions is, You can feel good one day and then kind of go back and feel bad another day. So it's just hard for me to tell based upon one look at this guy. But, I mean, he took a selfie with everyone in the place. I don't know if that matters when it comes to the concussion protocol. I don't know if that's a stage, but I guess it's good for him to be in the next stage and kind of uh, approaching back to the game. What scares me is what Joel said. This is now two practices that Justin Houston missed, so definitely something to monitor as the weekend continues on.
3: But he is a big factor. Like I tell you, even after week one, I mean, I think he's been playing the run as well as any defensive yeah. end has been played. I mean he's he's phenomenal at, you know, really putting a, a hard edge on that uh um, on the corner of the defense and really making the running back has to make a decision right now. So, um uh, definitely needs a uh, a lot of Houston, a lot and a lot of production out of Houston when it comes to stopping uh Le'Veon Bell.
2: Yeah, cuz I think you can, you know, if you have Houston there, you can kind of scheme to get some help on the other side, but man, if you're missing Houston so what if Ford what
1: though? I mean, D Ford was a different guy on the left. So, if, for example, you are missing Houston, you keep Zambo, which we already talked about, maybe should be playing anyway. You slide D-Ford over, maybe it's a more powerful D-Ford, and that's a different situation. There's a lot of different things that go into it. Maybe Houston plays. I mean, we don't know at this point. Uh, could be, just be a precaution. But uh, as the week goes on, a little bit scary uh, not having Justin Houston in this game.
3: Maybe we can see the rover from Villanova <laughs> make, <laughs> make some plays, get on the stat line. Come on, man.
2: And Houston's a veteran. It's possible they're just, uh, you know, giving him a, a little team. extra time. He knows what he's doing, doesn't need the practice time. Hey,
1: listen, cheers to the first breaking news on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Uh, some extra information for you there at the end. Again, it's the Steelers and the Chiefs, 325 p.m. this Sunday. When we come back, we'll make some game predictions. Seth Kaiser will be on the line. Who knows what he's going to say today. This is the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Stay with us.
4: The new Alex Smith.
2: Hi, I'm Mark from Marinda Safeway. We offer great savings on groceries, but did you know we also offer savings at the pump? Earn 10 cents off per gallon when you spend $100 at Safeway stores. Enter your phone number or swipe your club card at the register and earn points. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill-up, up up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com forward slash reward This is Mark from Marinda Safeway,
4: and we'll see you soon.
1: Welcome back to the Arrowhead pride podcast. We're talking the chiefs and Steelers coming at you this Sunday, Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber and Joel Thorman. And now as he does every week, Seth Kaiser joins us from Minnesota. Seth, what's going on, my friend.
0: It is a beautiful week to be a chiefs fan. That's what's going on.
1: Why do you say that Seth?
0: Because the chiefs are five and oh, they got the best quarterback in the league. They got the best running back in the league. They got the best outside linebacker in the league. And, uh, yeah, that's enough.
2: The best interior defender too, Chris Jones. <laughs> the best, oh has, sure,
0: and and his name's fun to say because you can do the whole Mike Jones stick with it. It's just everything. <laughs>
1: Chris wonderful. Jones, one and only, had a lot of haters and a lot of homies, some friends and some phony back then. <laughs> did
2: you? Did you guys pre-plan this? To no. know, set it up? No. You
1: know, no. whatever.
2: We're that good.
1: All right. Well, here we go. We're gonna go predictions. So. Prediction time for Sunday. It's the Chiefs taking on the Steelers. Sean, as you do every week, you'll go first. Who do you got in this game?
3: Uh, it's going to be a detailed one, as always. Um, I, I think the other thing the Steelers start out, they target Peters early. My Bryant is Brian gets a cheap touchdown, pushes off. Peters goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> but they lead 7-0. Uh, the Chiefs respond, go up two possessions, 13-17 at halftime. You know, the Chiefs always play, I think, play better from behind, but they go in at halftime and make some adjustments. Um, Hold the Pittsburgh Steelers to three second-half field goals. So that's uh, nine points. So that's 16, 23, 16, the Chiefs. I'll go 30, 28, Chiefs. Um, I think
2: the Steelers won't have too many problems scoring on the Chiefs, and the offense will do just enough as they always do. All right, in this game for me, I think back
1: to the days of Brady and Manning. I'm talking Colts Manning in their heyday. I think we really see a quarterback battle in this game where Smith and Roethlisberger are going all Holyfield and Tyson on us. And This is a big game for passing yardage. I think it's 42-38 in favor yeah. of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win this game, and it's going to be a real fun game to watch. And I, I just... I don't know if it's as much the quarterbacks who I have confidence in or the lack of confidence just in these secondaries and and when you get behind the linebackers. All right, Seth, what do you got, brother?
0: Well, here's what I would urge everyone to check out. Take a look at Big Ben's numbers over the last year or two, actually, on the road versus at home. That has been a great equalizer for him. Additionally, go ahead and take a look, and I know, Pete, you know you know this, at the quarterbacks the Steelers have played this year. They have not played a single good offense this year. They haven't seen anything like the saw the Chiefs have. I'm really, really scared this game is going to be a Pittsburgh blowout, and I think that's just shades of last year haunting me. But I'm really, really hopeful it's going to be a Chiefs blowout, and so I think it's going to be a blowout one way or another. And If I'm going to pick a blowout, I'm going to pick a Chiefs blowout. I think the Chiefs win. Oh, we're going to go with, let me think, 31, 34, 37 to zero. 13.
1: Ah, 13. I thought you were going to say zero. 37-13 is your final score. <laughs>
0: I'm not that confident. I think they'll get one cheap one, you know, maybe a garbage time touchdown and everyone will talk about how great it is, like what Deshaun Watson did or something.
1: Well, I think you, you make a good point though. You're a little, I can see why you're scared in this game only because this has really been the Achilles heel, not, not to, that's a bad pun to use, oh, but, but, the, oh, but the Steelers oh, oh. have really been the Achilles heel for the Chiefs these past couple of years.
0: Yep. Well, and then last year the Steelers were coming off of an embarrassing loss. They got by the Eagles and the Chiefs went in and played them and just got throttled. To be fair, that was by far the worst the Chiefs played all year, and I think that's the only reason I'm afraid is because of what happened last year. This is a different team,
1: Seth. I know a lot of Chiefs fans, a lot of the Pride heads are going to like your prediction. As uh, as I think I'm going to make a, a tradition here in the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Any advice before we let you go?
0: Oh, sure. Well, last week was was admit nothing, deny everything. Right? That's correct. OK, I got it. If you've got a buddy who is telling you all about your right to travel and that you don't actually need a driver's license, he's wrong. And you're going to get a ticket. There you go.
1: Very good advice. All right, Seth, we'll uh, we'll enjoy the game this weekend. We got to make sure not to text you, but uh, have a nice weekend, brother.
0: All right. You guys
3: take it easy.
1: See you, Seth. All right. Well, four people picking the Chiefs once again after I picked the Texans last week. For the record, I just got to say something oh, here. Oh, here we go. I picked the Texans with JJ Watt. I did not pick the Texans without JJ Watt. Had I known this information prior, I would have picked the Chiefs. I still can't believe they lost both those guys on the first drive. In the same drive, like almost it's incredible immediate, like almost together. Yeah, it was like three plays apart. All right, well, here we go. We are now in the segment where we involve you guys. We're reading your tweets. So, Sean, I'm going to start with you. This one from Nick Carney at NCarney75. Who wins in an arm wrestling match? Is it Sean Barber or Big Ben?
3: Dang. I mean, I'm kind of a prideful person, but, um, you know, Big Ben got a cannon, man. He probably got a rotator, some injuries or something like that. I might be able to get him on an off day. Give me me a month to get in the weight room, and uh, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to go with Sean Barber.
1: Do you have any input on this? Yeah, I'll take Sean Barber. (laughs) Sean, I I think think Ben's not sitting right next to me. I think I need some extra information on this. Like, how often are you lifting these days?
3: Are you pumping iron all the time? I got six kids, man. I pick up kids all the time. My my right arm, (laughs) is my carry arm. Uh, This four-year-old I got, he's about almost 50 pounds. He's a a load, man. Old bowling ball type kid. See, I want to write
1: off Ben Roethlisberger just because he seems like the guy who, when he's not playing quarterback, is just, like, ripping beers. And in that Eli Manning, you saw Eli Manning on the beach that one day. Mm -hmm. I, I predict a similar dad bodish type body for ben roethlisberger that being said he also looks like a man to me that has old man strength oh yeah gotta go big ben i'm sorry sean i just think he's an
3: active player in the nfl quarterback you got a quarterback (laughs) on him.
1: old man strength's a real thing we
3: we said left-handed right
1: (laughs) (laughs) this one from ray gilfoyle at roto ray underscore l-a-d will there be a payback call
2: to offset the holding call on fisher Absolutely not. I'm sure the Chiefs will get screwed again uh, because the referees hate them. A five and zero Chiefs team, and Joel's still
1: disgruntled about the last decade. Oh yeah, Sean, oh yeah. The no, last twenty years. <laughs> Come on. Will there be a payback call?
3: No. The referees. Um, I mean, if we if we have anything to worry about, it's the fact that I think Kelsey and Peters are still kind of viewed throughout the officials as a kind of a chippy. A uh, duo, and so I think anytime they, they are getting into it with anybody, we run the risk of getting the personal foul other than the other team.
1: Yeah, Travis Kelsey last week had you know a reason to be upset. He was getting bumped after every play, and I think just because he is, who he is he's not getting the benefit of the
2: doubt anymore. They were baiting him. The Texans were all because on long. film, yeah,
3: on film you see what how he reacts. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah, we got to be kind of just expected. a
1: tweet from Tre- Trevor Twidwell. Say that a hundred times fast. At X King Chief X, does Kareem Hunt reach the hundred mark again? I don't think he's had a game in his career to this point without at least a hundred yards from scrimmage. This is a good question, Sean. I'll start with you. If it uh,
3: walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, it's a duck. That's what, Hunt is the man, man. Like <laughs> Hunt in a hundred yards, it's it's well, you know hamburger no no bun, hamburger no cheese. What does they say? You know what I'm saying all these little terms. Um. At the end of the day, K- Kareem Hunt is good for 100 bu- 100 yards. I call it 100 buns, 100 yards every game. Count on it.
2: I'll say yes. I, I uh, uh, went against him last week, and I was, of course, wrong as he piled up those fourth-quarter yards. So I will say yes. He goes over 100. Something to
1: note here is that Andy Reid actually mentioned that the Texans adjusted their defense to counteract Hunt. So they did that, and they still gave up over 100 yards. Give me 100 bunts for Kareem Hunt as well Hundred <laughs> this week. This one from Grant Lambert at G Lambert 3324 Negative Nancy here. Who is the Kansas City Chiefs QB next year? Sean.
3: Well, really? Is that what we're getting tweeted about? Who's going to be the quarterback start in 2018? It's going to be uh, Alex Smith. All right. We're going to go to the playoffs. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. And Alex Smith is going to come back to the Chiefs. They're going to make it. They're going to rework the contract. He's going to make it uh, cap friendly for the team. We're going to let Mahomes sit on the bench for another year, learn some more, sit in one year, sit two year. He has a whole 20 year career in front of him. So, uh, And it'll be back-to-back Super Bowl championships. How do you like that, Nancy? Back-to-back Nancy? Um,
2: Grant, it was Grant, but he's calling himself negative, Nancy. Go ahead. I go back and forth all the time on this. Today, I'll say Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I think just the, uh, not that Alex is necessarily, I'm saying he's going to come back to earth or anything like that. I just think sometimes the most logical way to look at it, you know, you you drafted your quarterback of the future one year, you'll play him the next, you get a second-round pick for Alex, I say uh, Alex's value is never higher, and it's Mahomes next year. Wait, you guys see that? Chris Collinsworth just walked in the room. Hey, uh, Chris, who's going to be the uh, Chiefs quarterback next year? The new
1: Alex Smith. (laughs) 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 All right, last question from Craig in Calgary. So we got a Canadian at Teen Wolf. Would you open mouth kiss Todd Haley for 10 minutes when he hasn't washed his beard for five months if it guaranteed an AFC championship? AFC championship win or appearance? It looks like win. Going to the Super Bowl.
3: Once he said open mouth kiss a man, my answer (laughs) is no, no matter what. There there is not enough Super Bowls for the Chiefs to win for me to do that. So the answer is no. 100 times over, no. Pucker up, Todd Haley. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh,
1: man. I really want Kansas City to have an AFC championship. You know, I know I'm from New York. I got the S on my chest today, but I really do consider Kansas City my second home. I want it for these fans, the Prideheads. But there is no way I'm open mouth kissing Todd Haley. Maybe not so much like the fact that I think that'd be disgusting. I just think like Todd Haley himself is just like a gross individual. You know, I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. What, a, what analysis? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It'll be Chiefs and
2: Steelers this Sunday. Guys, final words? This should be a fun one. It's the you know before the season. A lot of people said this would be the second best team in the AFC that the Chiefs are playing. So yet another statement game.
3: Sean, once again two and zero. We're going through quarters. I'm not speaking about no 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 win total larger than four. So we're going two and second quarter season. I believe the Chiefs. Should be fun. It's another late game for the
1: Kansas City Chiefs. Again, the Chiefs taking on the Steelers. Arrowhead Stadium, 325 p.m. If you're not going out to Arrowhead, you can watch on KCTV5, and you can enjoy some Tony Romo. Have fun with that. For Joel and for Sean Barber, I'm Pete Sweeney. This has been the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Thanks for listening.